I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. This is Religion Today with Martin Tanner. A weekly look at religion and spirituality here at home and around the world. Now, here's your host, Martin Tanner. Welcome. This is Religion Today. I'm your host, Martin Tanner. This broadcast is on Memorial Day weekend. My subject is the core values of the United States, why they make this country great, and why they would also make any other country that were to adopt them a great country. I believe the founding fathers who created the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, and the Bill of Rights were inspired by God. Doctrine and Covenants 101 verse 80 says, quote, And for this purpose have I established the Constitution of this land, by the hands of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose and redeemed the land by the shedding of blood. Close quote. The founding fathers themselves believed they were inspired. John Adams, who signed the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and who was the second president of the United States, wrote a letter to Thomas Jefferson on June 28, 1813, which said in part, quote, the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. I will avow that I then believed and now believe that those general principles of Christianity are as eternal and immutable as the existence and attributes of of God, close quote. John Hancock, who signed the Declaration of Independence, who was president of Congress and was a general in the Revolutionary War and also governor of Massachusetts, said, quote, I understand the importance of Christian piety and virtue to the order and happiness of a state, close quote meaning the United States at that point in time. That was a letter written in 1780. John Quincy Adams, sixth president of the United States, said, quote, The Declaration of Independence laid the cornerstone of human government upon the first precepts of Christianity. Close quote. He said this in a speech that he delivered to the inhabitants of the town of Newbury 
at the request of that city on the 61st anniversary of the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1837. Throughout history, race and ethnicity have defined every nation on the earth except one, the United States of America. The United States of America is not defined by race and ethnicity, despite the many unwise and foolish people now and from time to time in the past who try to say otherwise. That's why we fought the Civil War. That's why the 1619 Project is so very, very wrong conceptually and factually. Race has not and never will define us as a country. Let us do all in our power, all we can in our own parts, to stop that from happening now. The Civil War has been over now for more than 150 years. Today we have a different kind of war within our country, a war of ideas. Some want to fundamentally transform the United States. That means change our core values. They're trying to change the values that made and continue to make America great. Not perfect, but great. To understand the greatness of America, you have to understand American values. Most people see the results of core American values and instinctively want them, even if they don't understand where those values come from and exactly what those values are. Are This year, about 3 million people will sneak across the U.S.-Mexico border into the United States. Think of it. Just this year, as many people will sneak into the U.S. as the number of people who live in the state of Utah. This is a phenomenon found nowhere else in the world today or in the past except in times of war, have you asked yourself why? The answer is people outside the U.S. see something here that many people who live in the United States fail to recognize or maybe just don't value. These people who sneak into the United States are willing to leave everything behind to have it. If this were a racist country, They wouldn't try to come here. If the U.S. were a horribly racist place and other countries weren't, people in the U.S. would flee to those other non-racist countries. People aren't fleeing the United States. People in the U.S. aren't going to other places. And as a matter of fact, people inside the U.S. are going away from places that have less freedom and more restrictions like California, Chicago, New York, and others, and are moving to freer states with more freedom and less restrictions, like Florida, Texas, and Utah. Why? It's because of values. One of the core values is freedom. More about that in just a second. There are great values 
in this country. People born and raised in the U.S. don't often understand them and how wonderful they are unless and until they have the opportunity to go outside of the United States. The Bill of Rights to the U.S. Constitution tells us we have freedom. The Bill of Rights takes the form of 10 affirmative rights, God-given rights. I'm going to touch on them lightly here. First, the first Bill of Rights. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for redress of grievances. The First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the very first one, freedom of religion, that's the first freedom in the U.S. The second freedom in the U.S., freedom of speech and of the press and the right to assemble. Those are remarkable rights that we don't find in other countries. As a matter of fact, even in Canada, a place where most people perceive to have great freedom, there is not the same degree of freedom of speech. You cannot publicly say negative things about government leaders, the government itself, individuals, businesses. The freedom to criticize and to make points is not found to the same degree that we have it here. On to the Second Amendment. Quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to secure a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms should not be infringed. People misunderstand that. They say, well, that means that the army and the Navy and the Air Force and the Marines, they can keep guns, but the people can't. The militia at the time of the U.S. Constitution was founded, the time this country was founded, were citizens. And in essence, what the Second Amendment here says is that to have a secure and a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The people have to have freedom to keep and bear arms, to be free and safe. More about that on the other side of our break. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today on our Memorial Day weekend broadcast. I'll be right back. Religion Today with Martin Tanner continues on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We're back. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. If you have a question or comment about this broadcast or any other, or if you have a question about religion, feel free to be in touch with me at martinstanner at gmail.com. Go ahead, send me an email to martinstanner at gmail.com. Please mention religion today in your email so it won't be cordoned off and sent into my spam file or something. If you mention religion today, I should get your email. Today's broadcast is about the freedoms and core values that we have in this country. When we took our break, 
It was talking about the Second Amendment and how people tried to argue that the right to bear arms is somehow not the right of citizens. It's only the right of the military. And that is just not the case. The militia, as is mentioned in the Second Amendment, was comprised at the time the Constitution was enacted of the people who brought their own guns and arms. And the idea here is that a free state requires the people to keep and bear arms, not an army to keep and bear arms. It's also rather ironic that people today want to remove guns from the country to make it more safe when just the opposite typically happens. Let me give you some information you may not have heard before. In 1982, Kennesaw, Georgia enacted a statute requiring every household to have a firearm. It was unanimously passed. And what happened? The rate of burglaries dropped by 89%. Another town in Georgia, Nelson, Georgia, unanimously passed an ordinance in 2013 that was very similar. A place in Colorado, Nuclear, Colorado, passed a home protection ordinance requiring every home to have a gun, and it passed. In Virgin, Utah, in 2000, the city ordinance was passed making firearm ownership mandatory. Many citizens, or excuse me, not many citizens, many cities have done this, and their crime rates have gone down. Cities who have the highest level of gun restrictions, like Chicago, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, Detroit, and many others, have the highest crime rates. It's not the fact that guns are present. It's the fact that there are so many gun restrictions and good people with training are not allowed to have guns. The Fourth Amendment is also a fascinating one. The right of people to be secure in their persons, houses, papers, and effects against unreasonable searches and seizures shall not be violated. This is a great protection in the United States and secures great freedoms. The Fifth Amendment, people will not be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Nobody's private property can be taken for public use without just compensation. We don't have time to go through all of these, but one of the most important of the Bill of Rights that is overlooked and is disregarded today is the Tenth Amendment, which says the powers not specifically delegated to the United States, meaning the federal government, by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states, respectively, or to the people. That means that. Unless something is specifically authorized by the federal government, it is a state's rights issue. That's something that we ought not forget, especially in connection with the Roe versus Wade decision, which is supposed to come out. It won't mean that somehow abortion will be illegal. It will mean that it will be a state's rights issue, which is what the Tenth Amendment requires. The freedoms that I've been talking about, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, freedom to keep your property and your money and your persons safe 
from the government and from others are great values, core values. The Founding Fathers wanted to remind everyone of these values. They did so in simple but plain and ingenious ways. The United States has two mottos. If you go ask somebody what the United States motto is, they probably won't be able to tell you. One's pretty easy to remember. In God we trust. We see it on license plates. We see it on coins. The other one is E Pluribus Unum. This is a Latin phrase, and it's something that people don't often understand. It is described various ways and translated in many different ways. It means from many to one. The e pluribus, the pluribus part means plural or many. Unum means one or singular. Ways that it's been translated are from many to one or out of many, one. What it really means is in the United States of the many people that we have from diverse backgrounds, we become one people in this country with the same values. That was the intent of the Founding Fathers. They wanted everyone from diverse backgrounds, from different races, from different religions, to come together and consider themselves not some other country's person who is here in the United States, not African Americans or Mexican Americans or Irish Americans or Norwegian Americans, or any other kind of Americans, Chinese Americans, Japanese Americans, they wanted people to be considered Americans first, to come together and become one, no matter what their background was. That is the e pluribus unum on money. It's a fascinating, wonderful concept that is somewhat forgotten. Those who sneak across our southern borders understand that that concept is still here. If they thought they would come to the United States, would never be considered like other people in the U.S., they wouldn't do it. They know that when they come here in a short period of time, they'll be treated like everyone else. Anyone in the U.S. who becomes a citizen is just as much a citizen as I am or you are or anyone else happens to be. Freedom means the freedom to fail as well as the freedom to succeed. You cannot have one without the other. One of the reasons the U.S. became the wealthiest and most prosperous country in the world and the reason people want to come here is because people have the right to pursue happiness and to keep what they produce. Many don't understand that freedom and they want to take it away. In the words of former President Barack Obama, who said, we want to, quote, fundamentally transform the United States. They wanted to take some of these core values and change them. One final point. In World War II, young men in the United States, young women also, signed up to fight the enemies of freedom. They signed up to fight against Hitler's Germany, imperialist Japan. The vast majority of young people in the U.S. volunteered for armed services. They were willing to die for the freedoms and core values that we find here. That's why we have Memorial Day, to honor all of those who died fighting for our freedoms. Today, if Russia or China or North Korea or Iran or ISIS or Al-Qaeda started a war with young women and men today, volunteer with the older people in this country volunteer today 
to keep our freedoms, would they do that? Would they be willing to die and lay down their life like those in the past would? As we read in the Doctrine and Covenants, section 10180, for this purpose have I God established the Constitution by the hand of wise men whom I raised up unto this very purpose and redeemed this land by the shedding of blood. That shedding of blood to redeem this land goes on today. My great-grandfather was in the army in World War I. My father was on a battleship and an aircraft carrier in the Korean War. My son is currently a U.S. Marine, specializing in cybersecurity, marksmanship, and he's also a martial arts instructor. I've been blessed to know them and to be a citizen in this great country. Join me again next week. I'm Martin Tanner. This is Religion Today. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.